What's more intimidating than a blank page when you've got something that you need to write or the first steps on any new project that we undertake? I always find the first step so difficult. It's not too big a problem if you know exactly what it is you want to say or what it is you want to create. But when you, when you have questions, not necessarily about the content, but about the form that that content can take and how you structure it, the first steps can be oh so challenging. And I believe that a lot of us have great online courses in us and great books in us, but we don't know how to take the first steps to developing those products. So today on Gray Matters, we are going to talk about a system that I've developed that I call rapid prototyping of an online course. It is a way for you to quickly take an idea that you want to teach and share and convert it into an online course in a, I believe the most effective manner possible. Something it can take days instead of weeks and months to create. And it is Oh, so satisfying a process and not intimidating at all. So that is going to be our main topic today on gray matters. I am so glad you joined us. I think this, I think you'll find today's content to be incredibly valuable. Now I have to send out a great big thanks to all of you who have been supporting the podcast and subscribing. We're steadily growing. Our numbers are steadily growing, but I'm going to have to rope you in and ask you to help us keep the momentum going and keep gray matters growing. If you know somebody in the gray zone, somebody over the age of 40 or 45 that may be looking to reinvent themselves or is in transition, converting from a, their traditional career into a new online career, please share Gray Matters with them. Let them know about it. The more of you who are interested in understanding how to build an online business and an online presence and reinvent yourself from a traditional business and find a way to deliver your value to a new marketplace, to a new community and build a community in the online space, the more people that jump on board the more momentum we're going to have and, and we'll, we'll turn the gray zone into a gray wave. We will make a big difference in the online space, not just to, to the people who we're teaching and we're helping, but a big difference in our own lives as we recapture relevance and, and inject new energy in ourselves. So I'm just going to ask you to share it as much as you can. Humor me for just another moment because I want to talk about the conversation and the comments that, that you folks share. Now, I appreciate any reviews that you share on any of the podcasting networks that you happen to be tuned in on. But I'm looking to engender a little bit more conversation with the community. And I've been struggling with the best way to do that because podcasts are so distributed where people, where people listen. But let's try for a little while. Let's see if this works. I'm going to encourage you folks to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash dottotech and leave comments there. You don't have to become a patron to leave comments. You do have to sign in, but you can sign in with OAuth. In other words, you could use your Google or your Facebook identity to sign in, or you can create an identity yourself in Patreon. But that's a great place for us to focus all of our conversations. At some point in the future, I'm sure that Gray Matters will have a Patreon aspect to it where we'll be tying in some of the things happening on Patreon directly and in, in, in properly with what's happening in Gray Matters. But for now, let's see if we can if we can find a home for our conversation so that you can talk to me and I can respond and we can increase the value of the podcast by the interaction, by having all of the conversation in one place. That to me is one of the biggest challenges that I'm finding in creating the podcast. Not the content, uh, not growing the growing the podcast, but it really engaging in great conversation. So let's try and do that. So I encourage you to visit patreon.com slash dottotech, and there we can engage in conversation around all of the Gray Matters content. So with that, let's dive in now. Today, 
sharing my, I believe, genius idea for rapid prototyping an online course so you can deliver a course in days instead of months on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. I want to make one thing really clear right off the top. In this podcast, we're not talking about creating a marketing program for your online course. We're going to be talking about the content creation, rapidly prototyping the content itself and delivering the course and having a final deliverable product at the end of the process. Just so we're clear, marketing is hugely important. I don't want to diminish it in any way, shape or form. It's a big enough topic that it deserves its own multiple podcasts and we'll certainly be talking about it in future episodes. So let me frame now for you what the outcome is going to look like, what the course itself that I'm talking about creating is going to look like. Now, this isn't what I would call a hero course. It's not a huge course that is like six or eight modules. We're talking about a small introductory course, total time that somebody is going to be in your course to learn the content, one and a half to two and a half hours of total time, I would say for them to go through the content. So it's enough for you to convey a concept, but it's not a full detailed online course. It's an introductory course. It's a primer. It's that sort of a course that we're going to be creating. So let me walk you through really quickly the entire process, and then I'm going to pull back and I'm going to talk about each stage. This course is based on this course development process is based on developing a course using a webinar to deliver the main content to a live audience, taking that content, packaging it up and repurposing it in an online and evergreen format. Essentially, that's what we're doing. Now, it sounds very simple, but there's a lot of nuance in how we do this that makes a huge difference in its success and the uh, in the quality of content. Because while we are trying to create a course really quickly, how while we are trying to make it as economically as possible as far as the time that we spend on it, we do not want to sacrifice quality of content at any point in the process. We want to deliver really great content. So... The first step that you're going to take in creating an online course, I think, is just creating your slideshow. Treat the course as a presentation that you're going to be delivering to a to an audience of some sort. Uh, a talk that you're giving at a conference, a presentation you're giving before your coworkers, whatever it is you're going to be teaching, create an, a presentation as the basis for it and create all of the main course content as a presentation. So if you use Keynote or if you use PowerPoint, create a slideshow. Build out that slideshow as you would a presentation. Now, the next stage is optional, but it's something that I do. You don't have to choose to do it this way. Once I've created the slideshow and I understand the base content that I'm going to be delivering, 
I record the slideshow as a screencast. I fire up a webcam, I have the slides on screen, and I go through and deliver the presentation and record it using screencasting software. And there's a variety of tools. You could use QuickTime for it if you're on a Mac. You could use ScreenFlow or Camtasia. There's a variety of different ways that you can record the content. You can have your face on screen or not. You've got lots of options as far as that's concerned. But I record the entire presentation. And I do that for a couple of reasons. But the main reason is when we go to actually deliver the content, I want it to be as information dense as possible. I believe that even if you've prepared a slideshow and you're delivering it live during a webinar, that you end up waffling about a little bit and sometimes struggling for words and sometimes getting a little bit off track and having to come back on track. So the information density, the amount of information that you can convey in finite period of time is, is watered down. It's diluted if you deliver it live. Whereas if you pre-record it, you can edit that pre-recording and you can tighten things up. You can eliminate, uh, you can re-record sections that don't come out exactly as you want. You can make it, it a nicely compressed, condensed, and information dense package of content that you're going to deliver. Now, how long is that slideshow going to be? Anywhere from probably 20 to 35 minutes worth of content is optional as far as I'm concerned. You can convey a lot of information in 20 to 35 minutes in a nicely packaged slideshow. So let's say that you're following the process exactly as, I'm, as I outline it and you have then recorded this slideshow. You obviously go in, edit it, tighten it up, and then you take that recording and you upload it to YouTube or to some other online service uh, because we're going to be using that recording as the basis for a webinar coming up. Now, many webinar packages will allow you to insert video from the web. Some of them will allow you to stream it from your desktop. For example, Zoom has you stream any video that you have from your desktop, but other tools like Webinar Jam that I use or GoToWebinar, many other tools will allow you to upload a video to an online video service and then insert that video in the stream of the webinar as it's being delivered. Now, there's a technical advantage to doing it this way because your computer is isn't being asked to compress the video in real time. Instead, the video is compressed by the servers as you upload it. So when you stream it to your community, they're going to get a higher quality feed in the webinar. So that's the way I prefer to do it. I call, well, I don't call, that style of webinar is called a hybrid webinar where we have a series of, where we start out live and then we have a pre-recorded insert that we put in. In television and radio, we used to call it inserting B-roll. A content that we've pre-recorded before that we insert into the live stream. And we would, we would have all sorts of uh, gear and machinations to allow us to insert pre-recorded video in our live broadcasts. You're doing the exact same thing. It's a well-proven technique for increasing value in any live production. So once you've got that all set up, you of course then have to host a webinar using whichever webinar package you happen to be to, to use. Now, for those of you that are just starting out and haven't yet done a webinar, we've got lots of resources at Dottotech to help teach you how to do webinars. I have a whole online course on it, uh, but you you're going to set up your webinar and you're going to configure your webinar thusly. The webinar structure, when you actually deliver the content to your community, will be you go live and welcome the audience into the room and tell them what they're going to be teaching. You warm them up and you t set all of the expectations in place. Then, once, you're, once everybody's in place, 
you roll the pre-recorded element, you roll that pre-recorded training, and while it is going, you spend some time in chat answering questions. This is a very important part of the entire process. I mentioned that term information density. I'm a big fan of that. The more that we respect our audience's time, the more they will respect the content we deliver. And if you can answer simple questions as the webinar is, is going along, then you can reduce the amount of time that you need to answer those questions at the back end of the webinar and you can answer more questions in a shorter period of time. It just stands to reason. So you answer questions as you're going. Once the pre-record is finished, you then open the, uh, the webinar up for questions from the community that's watching the webinar at the time. And this is the key to this entire process because you now get your audience asking you the questions that of areas that they need clarification from your training, or they ask you tangential questions that you probably didn't think about, or you didn't, you didn't consider were important enough to include in the main content, but your audience is obviously interested in the questions coming from your community are a stroke of genius because answering those questions and then creating additional supporting content before you publish the evergreen version of the webinar is the magic of the rapid prototyping system. Your audience becomes your beta testers. They ask you the questions, they go through the content, they give you feedback. Now there's a chance if you've missed the mark completely that this is this becomes version one of your course and you don't actually ever deliver this version, but you go back to the drawing board, re-record the demo and do the whole process again. Sometimes that will happen, but more often than not, you've delivered the main content. Your audience asks you extra questions, you answer those questions, go, what a great question, I really should have included that. And then once you've finished the live recording, and we're going to loop back to it, don't worry, we're not done with it. But once you finish that live delivery, you then create additional modules, additional content modules that answer in detail the questions that your community asked. That's how you flesh out the value of the content. Let's go back to the actual live delivery. Once you've finished delivering the answering the Q and a, you obviously sign off for the course. You've got everybody's email address, so you'll send them a follow up with the replay, et cetera. But then you have recorded that presentation. You've reco recorded the entire webinar. Now I don't just rely on the webinar tools to record the webinar. I actually have a second computer running a screencasting application and I record the entire webinar wild on that computer. Wild means I'm just recording it off of the internet, but I record the entire webinar. Why do I do that? Because I want the chat to be included in the replay. So people watching the webinar and the, watching the course in the future will see the chat roll going through and they will get the benefit of what happened in chat. Typically speaking, when a webinar package records a webinar, they just record the video feed. So you lose the chat and the chat gives so much social proof, so much context and answers so many different questions as you go along that I believe it's really valuable to have. So I will typically use that recording, the recording that I record on my notebook computer that I'm recording the stream itself, I will typically use that as the basis for the rest of the course content. So now you've got these assets. You've got the main video that you created originally, which is your tutorial. You've got your community's Q&A 
that's happening in chat and all of the questions that they asked afterwards. You have all of this recorded on your computer and now you take that content, you package it up and you create, uh, you, you create an online course with it uh, using Thinkific or Kajabi or whatever tool you use. I'm a big fan obviously of Thinkific. It's a tool that we use a lot and I've built my whole business around. So I would then create a course using Thinkific and I would in, upload the video I would create a text document that answers all of the questions, and then I would record some additional training modules. I would record some additional screencast videos or write out posts that answers the questions that were asked by the community. That fleshes out the content. You know, one of the big challenges that we all have when we create an online course is over delivery. We tend to create a simple course, but we deliver way too much content than our audience is actually interested in and interested in purchasing in that particular time because we have, frankly, we have imposter syndrome. We, we want to over deliver because we want people to be so impressed that they go away just glowing from the content and they realize that we've worked hard and we haven't ripped them off. We all have that ethos that's kind of baked into us. You really have to trust me on this, that delivering less content of higher quality is your goal. Don't worry about over delivering and answering every single question. People typically don't get through all of your content anyways, and the content that you deliver, you have to make sure is clear, concise, and well thought out. Don't worry about over delivering at this point. And by delivering a course in the style that I'm talking about here, you can then reasonably see what the expectations of your community are in return for what you're delivering. So you have validation that what you're going to be giving in the, in the course is the appropriate amount of content by this rapid prototyping model because you've got real world feedback. You've had people actually go through the course, you've listened to them, they've asked the questions, you know the holes that you have to fill in. So you can do that and you know that you have a valuable course to deliver to your community. Then you take that entire course, of course, and you repackage it in the online course module, such as Thinkific or, or some other package, and then you have the basis of an evergreen course. Now you can sell that online course, you can do continue to sell it as an evergreen course, or often I will use these sorts of courses as list builders. I'll use them as introductories and I will give them away for free in exchange for people's email addresses to build my mail list. It's a great list building strategy. It's a lot of work, but you've got a really valuable asset that introduces yourself brilliantly to your community. And I believe it's one of the, one of the real strengths in content marketing is creating this kind of content. So there you've got my rapid course development model. It's quite simple when you think about it, but the important points to recognize are a pre-recording your video, pre-recording your demo as much as possible. Your, tra your training material increases the information density that allows you to deliver value and it makes sure that the content, the quality of content that you deliver in the webinar is exceptional. That's point one. You've got to deliver great content. Point two, live Q and A. The Q&A validates your content and shines a light on any areas that you need to flesh out in order to deliver this content as a valuable online course. That's point two. Point three is taking the information, recording it offline so that you've got the chat included means that you have content that has social proof built in where people watching it are getting the feedback from the other community that watched it live, which adds to the value for them and provides additional context 
an additional training as well as uh, the social proof, as well as them understanding that, recognizing the value. Because typically speaking, when other people are encouraging us and, and saying, yes, that's a good point, it lands more solidly with us. So you've got all of those benefits from incorporating the chat and then using a great learning management tool like Thinkific to deliver the online course as an evergreen as an evergreen opportunity either as a revenue or as a list building property completes the cycle using this i you can in within a week create the content for the course now that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily have enough people show up to your webinar the marketing of the webinar depending on how much community building you've been doing up to that point that's going to that's going to vary to give you context with a mail list of what is our mail list at now just just under 50,000 we will typically have somewhere around a thousand people sign up for one of these courses when we deliver one. If we deliver it for free, I'm going to say if I deliver it for free. If I charge for it, it's going to be it's going to be slightly different. But if I'm using it as a list builder and I deliver it for free, we'll typically have about a thousand people sign up. Then once we've packaged it as an online course, it will continue to to deliver new uh, uh, email addresses to my mail list for as long as the information's relevant. To give you an idea of the pricing, these courses I charge anywhere between $39 and $199 for. Now, I kind of have a, a guideline that when I'm teaching people productivity aspects, that we charge less because people aren't necessarily willing to spend money to improve themselves. So if I'm teaching a course on Evernote, anything that's in a productivity space, I will typically charge less if I'm delivering a course in this, in this format. And I do charge for the initial delivery of the course as well. You don't have to give it away for free. You can charge right from the right from the very first delivery. So, but less if it's a if it's a productivity type course, but if people can make money on what it is you're teaching, if you can teach them a way that they can recapture their investment very quickly, then we can charge more. So 90, $79 to $99 is the sweet spot, I think, for delivering these kind of one and a half to two hour courses. The webinar itself is a little bit over an hour, but by the time you flesh out the additional content, it ends up being two hours. Oh, by the way, of course, you enroll everybody who took the initial webinar, they get access to all of the additional support materials as soon as the course goes live, and that's a selling point that you sell to them and, and promote to them as well. But typically speaking for me, between $79 and $99 is the sweet spot, and if it's a really exceptional piece of content, uh, we can charge a little bit more. But you might also end up with a longer period of content, a more supporting content out the back end as you start to charge more. There's just kind of a natural synergy there between length and the amount of content that you put in. But if you're looking to develop a course quickly, efficiently, I think that this rapid prototyping model is the best. And having the roadmap in place should get you A, excited about the possibility, but it should also get you started, get you into first gear and get you actually creating that slideshow, knowing what the net result is going to be at the end. I hope you found that interesting. I hope you found that useful. I really, really want to hear your feedback on this. So I'm encouraging you once again, come to a, come visit us at patreon.com slash dottotech. I'm not pitching you here to become a patron. What I, I want you to come there for is for you to engage in a conversation there in the Patreon forum, which is a great conversation forum. It's a lot like Facebook, but it doesn't have all of the Facebook privacy issues, etc. So visit us at patreon.com slash dottotech. If you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe on your network of choice. Leave a review if you feel so inclined. That is always a great benefit to us. And if you want notes on this, visit us at dottotech.com 
slash gray 21. All of the notes and all of the links from this podcast will be both at the Patreon page, but also at on our site. And you can find information on all of our podcasts by visiting Dotto Tech and visiting the podcast area. This is podcast number 21. And the quick way, quickest way to get there is dottotech.com slash gray 21. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle. 